All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Three, two, one, here we go. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Well, that covers a lot of things. It sure does. It's an informational comedy about all kinds of crap you really didn't know that you needed to know. You probably didn't know you wanted it to know it either. You probably didn't really need to know, but your life will be better for knowing it. And if not, it will at least be more amusing. It's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> How was your day, Mary? Oh, my goodness. I had to work. Yeah, me yeah. too. Been working a lot of hours. Yeah. It's a big crap show. Just a giant crap show. Yeah. Yeah. It was busy today. I think that people are freaked out by the idea of snow. In Michigan, we're always freaked out by the idea of snow because nobody knows how to drive in snow when it first snows. And we all know that. I know. They've already seen it. When we got snow a couple weeks ago, like we got all that snow. Oh, yeah. Like what? Half an inch? <laughs> people were off the road. Well, if it makes you feel better. Okay. I have a friend that lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. They got snow. And when I say they got snow, I mean you could still see the grass through the snow. Okay. The so school shut down. Shorts weather for us. Yeah. Flip-flops and shorts and a tank top in Michigan. The schools shut down. Well, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> right? So I always try to find positive things every day. Yeah. Some days are harder than others. Some days. Attitude is contagious. It absolutely is. Work this entire week has been just a complete crapshoot, for lack of better words, and we could go we could go deeper, but we're not going to. Today was probably the biggest crapshoot of all so far, and we're not done with the week. But what we dis what I discovered, attitude. You, you you have to laugh. You just have to you have to poke fun at it. You have to make a joke about it. I laugh all the time. You have to all the time. You really do. Otherwise, it gets to you. You have a bad attitude, and your day just goes right freaking down the toilet. Well, I started out my day today by asking a customer if they would like a bottle for their milk. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the customer replied, no, we'd like the whole cow, please. <laughs> a bottle for their milk. Yep. All right. So there you go. Sweet. Okay. Customer number one. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's too funny. So you want to tell us what this beautiful pinky red, maybe a hint of orange drink thing is? So <clears throat> today's stories all revolve around animals. Yeah, they do. So today's drink is the also animal themed. The first one. The first drink of the, well, both of our drinks today are animal themed. Our first drink of the day is called the pink flamingo. Be like telling us about the pink flamingo? Um, I did tweak our recipe slightly. Okay. So it calls for Banks Five Island Rum. Okay. Grapefruit soda. Okay. And lime juice. Okay. And because I didn't feel like it was pink enough to be called a pink flamingo, Ooh. I added a little pomegranate to ours. Ooh. And what do we think about this drink? It's a little sweeter than I would typically drink. Yeah. But it is tasty. Good. You want to tell us about drink number two, Mary? Yeah, I'm in the middle of pouring it right now. I can hear that. Yeah, it's very lovely. So because we went with an animal theme, we have a wine. It's called Bella B. It's from a Michigan winery, St. Julian's, which is actually one of our very favorites. Absolutely. And uh, if you ever get the chance to stop into any of their tasting rooms, I promise you will not be disappointed. So this wine is a very clear, it, it almost looks like a crisp wine. Oh, it's lovely. It's actually a honey-flavored wine with hints of peach blossom and honeycomb. What do you think? That's a scary, scary lovely. Yeah. That's scary lovely. That's a forget a glass, just pass the bottle. <laughs> you don't even have to put mine in a paper bag. <laughs> Pretty sure that we rarely do. <laughs> that. All right. Yummy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's Good pretty theming. awesome. All right. So, anything else going on with you? Not a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Um, psst. working, working. Yeah, I do have to dig my snowblower out tonight when I get home, since we could get up to six inches this weekend. You do realize that it's not a good idea to keep your child in the garage all summer, spring, and fall. Oh. You should let them out occasionally. Well, I mean, I throw food scraps out there. 
<laughs> we know how well that works. Occasionally, I spray the hose towards them, you know. Okay. Water them. Watering's good. <laughs> no. In all seriousness, <laughs> I do not keep any of my children in the garage. They're not in, that lucky. In fact... <laughs> None of my children are small enough for me to choose to keep them anywhere they don't wish to be kept. They're all bigger than she is. <laughs> They're all adults now. My baby is 18. Okay. They are of adult age. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay, yes. They are legally adults. <laughs> I say the same thing about my kids, so don't worry about them. Oh, trust me, I don't. My poor kid. My poor medium middle child. Medium child. <laughs> Andrew. You know, we have the rare, medium, and well done. <laughs> <laughs> now my child is a piece of steak, okay? Um, my car's been in the shop, obviously, you know that. Yes. He's been hauling me back and forth to work for the last two weeks. He works a totally different shift than I do, so the poor kid is running on very little sleep. Very. He looks like... Okay, so he makes a parent of a brand new newborn child look well-rested. <laughs> Yeah. So, car went in last week. They've still got it. They called today. <sighs> They're putting it back together. They tell me I can come pick it up. Then they call me and say, well, we have a problem. We ordered door clips, put your door back together, and Hyundai didn't sun. Oops. Yeah. So, I have to be at work at 4.30 in the morning. It's going to be a lovely day. <laughs> well, guess it's a good day for a walk. You and I have definitely yeah. walked farther than that. Oh, yeah. Occasionally uphill both ways <laughs> in Some- the sand. Sometimes willingly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Without a drink in our hands. I know. Those are fast walks. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get my car back Monday. That would be amazing. Oh my God. I was so geeked about getting my car back. Yeah, I can imagine. But my kid, Andrew, God bless his soul, has been a saint about it. An absolute saint about it. You know, it's amazing how our children step up when we need them, even sometimes without us asking. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it's like all of a sudden they just grow up without us even looking. And we're like, holy shit, where'd my other kid go? You know, the one that I used to worry about every day and pray for and um, think I had to make sure that his shoes were tied? Yeah, where'd he go? <laughs> well, last night, Brendan uh, put up even more Christmas lights. So now my walkway, my trees, my rock Is wall. Is going like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation theme? I can't remember what their last name was. He bought a was. timer so they turn on and off. Um, but. My house has never had lights on it. This is a little like, yeah. wow. Do you have a Santa in an outhouse? <laughs> no, Mary, I don't. Not yet. Nor do I have an inflatable rubber duck. Wow. I see early morning shopping in my future. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I woke up one morning and there was a six foot inflated duck in my front yard, I would be the happiest woman in you the state ele- of Michigan. You have an electrical outlet on the outside of your house? Um, right now there is a large, long orange electrical cord. <laughs> it's going to get snowed on. You know that, right? It is indoor, outdoor. Okay. And um, it, it's tucked inside of a Tupperware container with a lid. Oh, see, I always take my cords where I plug them together. Now, this is like my father. Would be Did so you say you taped them? No, I take them. My father would be really, really proud. Oh, God. I take the <laughs> I know. <laughs> this can't go anywhere good. I take the ends where they plug together, and I stick them in a sandwich baggie, and I put a bread tie around them. (laughs) See, someone informed me the other day that if you go even just to, like, the dollar store, and you buy this really cheap plastic Tupperware-type container, and you just make small slits. Yes, I've seen those. Yes, and then you can stick the cord inside. Yeah. And then plug the the plugs, and then you put the lid on, and then, yeah. Sandwich bags work good, too. It's all right. It's not my deal. My son did all of this. He bought the lights. And then last night after he said, come outside, come outside. He said, and I have more. (gasps) What the hell's wrong with him? I don't know. But here's the really cool thing. Yes. So in order to line the walkway. Yes. And have it look super awesome. Yes. He bought tomato cages so that the lights are actually elevated. Oh, my God. Now you have tomato cages for your garden next year. (laughs) Um. I already had tomato cages. I just don't think that he was aware of that. Now you have more. Yeah. All yeah. right. Bigger yeah. garden. Here we come. <laughs> so it does look pretty cool. He did Good. an amazing job and he is very excited. And I'm a, almost a little afraid of what I will find when I come home tonight. But he's having I a great time with believe, it. And, uh, I believe that you and I have been let loose with a credit card on Chaperone <laughs> in the Christmas decoration portion of Menards. Uh, 
one of the home improvement stores <laughs> and we came home with undiscussed purchases and uh-huh. put them up in the dark. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it we was did. good and it was fun. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. So and it scared and it I okay, scared was not the right word. It startled your neighbor and oh had her God. talking to her dog. I know. And then she asked herself, "Did I just ask my dog a question?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. We actually have a little neighbor boy down the street who uh looks forward to the Santa in the outhouse every year. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, we put it up specifically last year for him. Oh, yeah, I thought well, that was so we'll sweet. have to get that put up for you that soon because, so you know, we're like two weeks from Christmas, Mary. I know. Two weeks from today, in fact. I know. We have been so flipping busy. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So on with the story. Uh, no, no story yet. We're not Ugh. ready to story. It's okay. not story time. Um, so my national day today is pick a pathologist day. Did you say pick a pathologist? Yes. I didn't say pick a pathologist nose. I said pick a pathologist. You put a bunch of them on a little roulette wheel and you spin it. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to tell me I got to close my eyes and throw a dart. I like pathologists. I'd rather they just got sick and puked because they were dizzy rather than throwing a dart at them and hurting them, really hurting them. Have you ever seen my aim? Well, yes, I have. I think the pathologists are safe. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Good point. Very good point. Um, we never really know what tomorrow is going to bring in our lives. No, Good, bad, or indifferent. So December 13th encourages us to make a friend with a pathologist or a coroner because life is short. And you never know when you're going to need help hiding evidence of a murder. True. Um, pathologists, coroners, they see some of the, the worst parts of life, obviously. They do. They see the worst things that can befall befall human beings. If they can handle that and still have a really good outlook on life and live their lives to their fullest, then then they are definitely someone to make friends with and emulate. Pretty cool idea. I know. And I've always thought that it was such a fantastic profession, and I frequently think I'd like to do it, but I'm not always the world's most patient person. Right. And I know that to be really good in that field, you have to be super diligent and super patient and very careful, and I'm afraid that I would not qualify for those things. I shake like I have Parkinson's disease, so I don't think I'm going to make either qualification. They're, they're dead. Uh, it's pathologists not typically, hurt. Uh, pathologists usually uh, are actually working on specimens. So, but you have to you have to have a good steady hand to make your specimens. And I'm yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, never going to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> I'm going to need a, a much larger chunk because I'm not really good at this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. You want to hear about my national I day? I absolutely do. Okay, listen, my national day is nowhere near as serious as yours. Good, because life doesn't need to be serious all the time. My national day is National Noodle Ring Day. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not the words I thought were going to come out of your mouth. I just have to say. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever thought they'd come out of my mouth either. Okay, so explain to us what national noodle ring day is and so what it involves national noodle ring day recognizes right i know <laughs> almost sorry all right so national noodle ring day recognizes recipes made with pasta into a delicious round casserole a round casserole the day celebrates pasta dishes that have been formed in an eight or nine inch ring mold or bunt pan like about okay like a butt pan okay yep yep I yep um typically some sort of like baked macaroni and cheese that's so delicious i know i love oh my gosh with breadcrumbs on top <sighs> yum love my macaroni and cheese homemade in the oven baked up a little yep cr- yep a little crust on top you know you bake it till the crust the top is a little tiny bit crunchy well here's the thing okay this recipe... I'm just taking over your day. That's all right. <laughs> These recipes typically call for the noodle ring to be removed from the mold and served on a plate to give it an elegant appearance. And now all I can imagine is like... <laughs> actually, I was just thinking like some sort of SpaghettiOs in Jello. <laughs> you know, there's some bachelor out there right now going, holy shit, why did I never think of that? Please oh don't God. invite us for dinner. Oh God, that's amazing. I'm inviting mom over and we're having spaghettios and jello. <laughs> Hold on, I might need a drink. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so if you'd like to celebrate National Noodle Ring Day, test your skills and make your family a noodle ring casserole. Oh, I love it. Feel free to <laughs> take a picture, share yeah. it on our Facebook page. Absolutely. We would love to see your creations. I love that. I love that. There All you right. go. So we're just got some really lighthearted animal stories today they're unusual some of them are extremely extremely unique i'm pretty sure they're all pretty so we're gonna unique. start with a really short short one okay this is um unsinkable sam okay okay he this is the nickname that was given to a cat okay the cat was actually named oscar but oh. we renamed it well we not we personally the cat was renamed unsinkable sam he started as a ship's cat aboard the nazi ship bismarck which was sunk by the british ship the hms cossack in 1941 all right but the british crew found the cat floating on a board hours after the ship sank wow they took him aboard and they named him oscar but we're not done we know that cats don't like water so that's why he stayed on the board he didn't swim for it <laughs> um later in the same war cossack that was the ship that actually sank the bismarck right the cossack sank after being hit by a torpedo I would just like to say at this point, I'm starting to wonder if Sam is an unlucky cat. Maybe but, he is like a, you know how you oh. have like like lucky, you know, oh, it's my lucky pen or my lucky pair of socks. I have a lucky time. I'm I thinking, scratch my lottery tickets. <laughs> well, clearly it's not that lucky because you're still working. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a low flow. <laughs> just being honest. All right. So Oscar's. Aboard the Cossack. The Cossack gets, sunk, gets hit by a torpedo. The Cossack sinks, kills 159 crew members. His Sam lives. His name at this point is Oscar. Oscar lives. He survived again. He was rescued along with the remaining crew, and he was given the nickname Unsinkable Sam. He was actually in the, in the service after that. They actually made him an official service member. Did he get a salary? I don't know, but he probably got fed well. He uh, was in service aboard the HMS Ark Royal which was an aircraft carrier. Did it sink? I think it is Sam. <laughs> did, did, did it I sink? I think it is Sam. Oh, God. That was also torpedoed. <laughs> this time by a Nazi U-boat. So, like, they're just swatch, swapping torpedoes back and forth. And now, and now the Nazis get Sam back? Oscar survived. He afterwards, after this third sinking, he did retire to Belfast, where he lived in a seaman's home. He, um... He died in 1955, which was a full 14 years after the sinking of the original Bismarck. So I don't know how old he was originally, but he, he did live to be very old. Yeah, he that's survived three impressive. sinkings. That is very impressive. I know. And that is the story of Unsinkable Sam. All right. Yay. You want to hear a story, Mary? I love stories. All right, Mary. Okay, let me drink. Make sure your mouth is empty before I tell you this story. Okay. So this story <clears throat> is about a unicorn on the lamb. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> Apparently, I don't even need to tell the story. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you sure? <coughs> nope. Go for it. Hit me with the unicorn. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to pass on hitting you with it. I'll just tell you the story. You got to catch it first. <laughs> well, that is part of the problem here. Okay. I mean, it was a student guard story. So the police with the California Highway Patrol spent hours trying to catch a mythical creature that escaped from a photo shoot. Okay. Uh, do we have a year? I do not have a year for this, but it was not that long ago. I can tell you that based on the context of the story. Okay. This was not the first time that Juliet had escaped, although in the past, her handler had always been able to catch her. Okay. Julia's the unicorn. This time, however, she headed for the woods, leading to a three-hour police chase. <laughs> and this is your tax dollars hard at work. <laughs> the police ended up calling in a helicopter and using thermal imaging. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to find the elusive unicorn. <laughs> thermal imaging. Which, unsurprisingly, was hiding in a rainbow-dotted orchard. No, <laughs> Juliet is, of course, not really a unicorn. Juliet is instead an unfortunate pony whose owners decided to dress her up in a unicorn costume for a children's fairy tale themed photo shoot. Can you blame her for escaping? No. Unicorns are not meant to be tied down, but should instead be free to frolic in rainbow dotted orchards without a care in the world. I love that. I needed that story today. After work today, I needed that story. All, All right, right, Mary, <clears throat> go for it. All right, another short. World War II. During World War II, some Polish soldiers found a bear cub. The bear cub's mom had been killed by hunters. They found the cub by the side of the road. 
How did they know the mom was killed? Um, I would guess they found the body of the mom nearby because I don't think the cubs would go far. I was going to say, did the bear cub ask or did they ask and the bear cub told them? Well, after the unicorn story, you just don't know. He could have stood up and said, how are you? My mother's dad. I'm an orphan. Would you like to adopt me? Will Do you, you have any honey? Are you my mother? <laughs> What's in the picnic basket? <laughs> so one of the soldiers took the bear in. They oh, that sounds like a wise choice. It was a baby. And we know baby bears are so cute and cuddly. I, and they definitely don't grow up to be, you know, three, four, five hundred pound. I don't know what kind of bear it was, but here's the story. All right. They named the bear Wojek. He was trained in part by a civilian refugee. Wojek was eventually enlisted as a soldier in oh the God. Polish army <laughs> in order to get him on a British transport ship. Oh, my God. He was given his own pay book, his own army serial number, and his own rank. Oh, Jesus. He was a private. <laughs> private Wojak reporting for service, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he would often sleep in bunks with the other soldiers. Oh, my God. He was also said to be very fond of beer and cigarettes. <laughs> and one day... None of the shoulder soldiers showed up for PT. And when their instructor sent another private to find out why, Wojak was very full. <laughs> Wojak actually performed actual work by helping transport supplies, including heavy boxes of ammunition. After the war was over, he was placed in the Edinburgh Zoo, where he lived out the rest of his days until he died at the age of 21. Aw. I don't know how long bears usually live. I wonder live, if he got a military pension. I don't know, but I certainly hope that the military paid for his food and lodging at the zoo for the rest of his life. Just this cute little story. It's military retirement. Just a very cute little story. All right, ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm not going to say hit me with this one because... Have a drink, Mary. <laughs> I've titled this one, Pickles Earns a Medal and Becomes a Film Star. This is a story about a most unlikely hero. In 1966, disaster occurred when the Jules Rimmett Trophy was stolen from its <gasps> secure, quote-unquote, <gasps> location in London's Central Hall. <gasps> the dastardly bastard. The Jules Rimmett Trophy, for those who don't know, like myself, was the precursor to the FIFA World Cup Trophy. <gasps> Ooh, that's important. Larry would have known that. Which Larry? My husband. Oh, okay. So this occurred shortly before the start of the World Cup. The British investigators assigned to the case were stymied. Rewards were offered for by high-profile companies for the discovery of the trophy. Despite the high rewards being offered, no one came forward with any information in the case. One week. One, sorry. Try this again. <laughs> okay. One day, about a week after the theft, a man named David Corbett was out walking his dog. Pickles. Who pickles. names their dog Pickles for real? <laughs> I was going to say something along the lines of maybe it was a wiener dog, but it, it actually Pickles was a collie. So the dog became very interested in a certain bush. Pickles' interest was so keen on the bush that David eventually came over to investigate what Pickles was fixated on and tucked underneath the bush, wrapped in newspaper, was the Jules Rimmett <gasps> Trophy. Oh my gosh. Pickles was rewarded with a silver medal from the National Canine Defense League. Ooh. He also appeared in a spy film called The Spy with a Cold Nose. <laughs> Pickles was not a police dog or even trained to find things. He was just an ordinary collie with a strong curiosity. That's cool. Very cool. And, of course, inquiring minds want to know, so did David get the reward because the trophy had been found? <clears throat> I couldn't find anything that told me. I don't know. Interesting. All right, Mary. <clears throat> All right. This one's a little bit longer. All Not right. that much, but a little bit. Okay. Our story. Our story begins to unfold on the evening of February 6, 2018. So not all that long ago. Not all that long ago. The location is Peter Her Peterhead, Scotland. Are you familiar with it? I actually just came back from there. I'm not. Me either. <laughs> <coughs> Our story begins with a 24-year-old farmer by the name of Bruce Grubb. He had recently purchased a new residence. That doesn't sound like a very Scottish name. I didn't say he was Scottish. Just saying. He lived in Scotland. He's a farmer. He's 24 years old. Give him a little credit. What's he farming? Because around here, I don't if you say you are a <laughs> farmer and you are 24 years old, I can guess what you're farming. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not eating it. So he purchased his house right around the middle of January. Pretty excited. He's young. Going places. He's excited by, you know, buying this house. Life. He wants to show it off to his friends. <laughs> so Bruce decides to throw a housewarming party. 
So he hollers at all his friends. He invites them to come over. They're going to have a housewarming get-together, and they can all enjoy his hospitality. Sounds like a pretty good fella, right? I'm, I'm kind of hoping he did this before he had any furniture worth value. I don't know. Furniture never comes into play in this story. All right, keep going. So being a farmer, he did have some cattle, and he also had several pregnant cows. Okay. Like 200 Two. Wait, wait, wait. 200 pregnant cows? That is what the story says. Several, like 200 wow. of his cows were pregnant and expected to calve at any given moment. Oh, dear God. So being what a... What can possibly go wrong here? You... I don't care where your mind goes. Your mind can never go where this story goes. Okay. I will bet you a drink on this one. Mary? This <laughs> <Miss> unicorn girl. <laughs> Mary? Yes. My mind is fairly strange. You can't go here. Oh, you'd be amazed. So being a responsible farmer slash cow caretaker, Bruce regularly checks on them several times a day. So on this particular Saturday evening, Bruce left his guests and his girlfriend Amy to check on his soon-to-be mamas. He states that he, quote, he was not drinking, he was stone-cold sober because the calves could drop at any time. <coughs> sober, being sober is really important to this story. He enters the cow shed, flashes his torch around. Are you getting a picture in your head yet? For those of you who are unwise to the ways of the world. <laughs> that would be me. A torch is not a torch like you might be thinking, it is another word for a flashlight. It's probably the Scottish word for flashlight. Um, I think it's just European, but yes. And that is when he saw it, just sitting there calmly, perched upon a ramp inside of his shed. He immediately is really freaking concerned, and he contacts the Northeast Police Division. <laughs> She's really trying to figure out where the story's going, and she can't do it. I'm telling you now. She well, can't I, do it. I have multiple thoughts in my head. They're wrong. They're it's wrong. It's an anaconda. They're wrong. It's a wolf. They're wrong. It's the Scottish version of the Yeti. <laughs> it's Bigfoot. <laughs> so, Peterhead Inspector George Cordiner, he states We received a call from an extremely concerned member of the public late Saturday evening with regards to a wild animal being loose on his grounds. Unquote. They took this call extremely seriously. Unlike the call that I made when they laughed at me until they got to my house and then said, I think we need the DNR. Okay. <laughs> Before responding, the police division contacted the nearest wildlife park and the zoo to see if they had lost any large wildlife. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Is this an elephant? No. You already did a bear. We're in Scotland. Are there elephants in Scotland? I don't know what there is in Scotland. There are zoos and wildlife parks. They have lots of animals. I don't know. Is this a tiger? They reported that they had not. So shortly thereafter, an armed response team and six cars showed up on the scene. I saw pictures of this because they actually did this on the news. And these grown men are hilarious. All right. They were here to capture the large wild tiger that was threatening oh Bruce's livestock. And all of his cows go into labor. <laughs> Bruce wanted it removed we started before it started eating his cattle. Uh I can see where that concern would come from. I don't know if tigers would eat cows because I don't know if tigers encounter cows in the wild. But I think if they're hungry, tigers will eat anything they can get their jaws But I on. am really confused as to where the tiger came from. So keep keep going. I, I okay. Yeah, okay, keep going. Bruce wanted it removed before it started eating his cattle. I had to say that with a straight face. That was not easy. First responding officer refused to get out of his squad car because he was afraid to go anywhere near it. Here, kitty, kitty, so kitty, the standoff kitty. was on. The tiger waited for them to come in, and the officers waited for the tiger to come out. Tranquilizer gun, hello. And this went on for over an hour. Oh, my God. Somebody just get a tranquilizer gun and call it good. Let's go. Until Bruce decided to just drive his truck into the cow shed, and the tiger never moved. Oh, dear God. Hold on, wait. It's not real. Twelve officers and a complete response team, and Bruce and Amy and the housewarming guests had just held a 60-plus minute standoff with a stuffed animal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no one has a clue who put it in the cow shed because no one accepted responsibility for it. I saw the pictures, and from the back, it looked very real. It was the same size. It was life-sized, and it, w it did. It looked, the coloring was perfect. It looked very real. Okay. But you have armed guys. <laughs> that's, that's exactly, listen, <laughs> if I did this as a prank, thinking my friend is going to come running into the house, freaked out, screaming <laughs> for help, 
then I would have claimed responsibility after we all got done laughing. However, now we have all these cops and all these <laughs> all officials. Team. The zoo, yeah, the yeah, wildlife yeah. center. Uh, listen, I'm not claiming responsibility at that point either. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that story. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Mary. All right. <laughs> this is called Zarafa the Giraffe Becomes a Fashion Icon. Oh, dear God. You find the best shit out there. You well, do. I make up my own storylines, oh. my, my own story titles. But um, are you sure you're not making up the stories too? Because oh, they're no, pretty good. No, they're no, good. No, nope. These are real. Okay. So Zarafa the giraffe arrived unexpectedly in France in 1826. We're talking a long time ago. Oddly, she was a diplomatic gesture. Oh. An odd choice, perhaps. The story goes that the French ambassador, who was in Egypt, told the sultan that he needed to give an extravagant gift to the French king if he wanted to gain support for a war. Okay. So, so if I need some support, I simply give you a giraffe, and then you will support me in my endeavors. So the sultan's choice was Zarafa. Okay. Now, when Zarafa arrived in France, she was accompanied by three cows to give her milk because apparently she was so young she still needed to nurse they took her away from her mama that's mean i don't i don't like this anymore i don't i don't like this now here is immediately where my head went i don't like this her poor mama how do you get a giraffe to nurse from a cow you probably milk the cow and then feed it through the big ginormous baby bottle i don't know and is cow's milk safe for a giraffe like, I have all these questions in my head, but this is the story. That poor mama got, she just, yes. that poor mama. Yes. I you feel, know what it feels like when you're overflowing with milk? It's painful. Imagine her mama. She's got nothing. <laughs> Zarafa walked from Marcel's, which I'm probably butchering because, listen, I don't, I don't speak French. We made that clear. Marseille? Is that what it is? I think it is Marseille. Marseille. Okay. I think it's Marseille. If it is, it's now. It is now. It's Marseille. Okay. Sounds good so to me. So, Zarafa walked from Marseille uh-huh. to Paris. Okay. How far is that? I don't know. I am going to presume that she had a human guide. Maybe the unicorn? <laughs> Julia? <Was> Julia? Julia? <laughs> Juliet. Um, <clears throat> maybe it was Pickles. I don't know. Maybe it was the bear. So, here's the thing. This attracted a lot of attention. There had not been a giraffe in France. In ever? A, well, I don't know if there was, like, ever one in a zoo or if people... Uh, but I'm going to guess that most people in France had not ever seen a giraffe. That would be, like, walking a giraffe down Apple Avenue. I think people would stare. They would, but people at least would know what it was. I mean, people would have seen a giraffe. Most people at this day and age know I what a giraffe question is. question that assumption. <laughs> so, anyway, it also attracted... A, a lot of media along the way. Okay. Zarafa is credited with having spawned praises in hairstyles and the hot fashion of the day, which was giraffe spotted dresses. Okay. <laughs> Amazingly, she did live for 18 years in Paris's Jardin de, Jardin de Plantes, which I'm going to guess is some sort of gardens, botanical gardens or something. But yeah. Yeah, so. They must have taken good care of her. I mean, I'm still sorry about the mama thing. That that still makes me upset, but I'm glad that it sounds like they took good care of her. Yeah, yeah. And I wish that I could have found pictures because I would really love to have known what kind of hairstyles were inspired by her. I am questioning that. I mean, like, you know how they stand up, like the hair on like Like a mohawk? Yeah, right? But I don't. I don't recall seeing any pictures in of the 1800s. I 1826. Think, yeah, I don't think women were that brave. Yeah. So I mean, was it like I, I can't even imagine what kind of hairstyles she helped. Good story. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All I right. Like it. All right. Okay. Go for it, Mary. All right. <clears throat> this was another. This one's a longer one. Okay. So my glass is empty. Damn it. My first glass is empty also. My second glass is getting there. The um, listeners that we have in the UK might be familiar with this story. All right. I'm kind of sorry that one of them didn't clue me in on this story. Oh. A group of five newly acquired parrots at Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in the UK are being thrown out of the zoo. Did they climb into the bear cage? Nope. Did they free the lion? So when the zoo acquired them, they had to because they um, acquired them this year. Did they encourage the monkeys to throw poo um they uh they acquired them sometime in early summer this year so the uk is has covid just like everywhere else yes so the parrots were quarantined due to the covid just to make sure 
just to be okay. safe. Okay. So they were all quarantined together for several days. Okay. The birds taught each other a colorful vocabulary of curse words. <laughs> so, like, if you don't know this one, I'm going to teach you this one. And you don't know this one, I'm going to teach you this one. Okay. All right. So the parrots were named Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie. After being quarantined, they then joined the Lincolnshire Wildlife Center's colony of 200 gray parrots in, oh Aug- no. in August of this year. Listen, I know gray parrots. Our sister Kate had a gray parrot, an African gray parrot. And they are very smart and they will we, repeat things. We were not allowed to swear inside of her home. No, but I did once teach her bird something that she did not appreciate. And I did get a phone call informing me that I was not funny. funny. <laughs> the best part was that the bird didn't start repeating what I taught it until several weeks after I had gone home. What did you teach it? Feed me. <laughs> Apparently it was not amusing to our sister. She did not always have the best sense of humor. I don't know. She taught, she did teach her cat to say, or her, she her did cat? T- she, she taught her parrot, whose name was Merlin. She taught Merlin to say, I like cats. Yum. Yum. <laughs> So Lincolnshire Wildlife Park Chief Executive, his name is Steve Nichols, he said the five feathered friends were brought to their nonprofit safari. The safari also serves as a parrot sanctuary to 1,500 recovering birds. Oh, no. They were put in the safari with the other birds on August 15th. He told Lincolnshire Live, which is a, which is a, a uh, I think it's a news program. Okay. That, quote, because they were all quarantined together, it meant that you had one room just full of swearing birds. Oh, no. The more they swear, the more you laugh. The more you laugh, the more they swear. They're just like children. He added that they had also learned to mimic human laughter because that's what they heard in response to their swearing. So when one swears, one laughs. Oh, no. And before you know it, it just got to be an old working men's club where they were all just swearing and laughing. Oh. So, you know, they hoped that the phenomenon was temporary, that it would just wear off. But let's put them in with all the other parrots, and now the other parrots can learn to swear and laugh, too. keepers allowed the parrot posse to be displayed to the public. Oh, no. After the pandemic restrictions were lifted and the wild park, wildlife park was reopened. Because, remember, we're in COVID. I just want to know, where have these parrots ended up? Because I, I really, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Literally within 20 minutes of being in the, uh, in the introductory room, we were told that they were swearing at the customers. (laughs) (laughs) And for the next group of people, all sorts of obscenities came out, Steve Nichols told us. People come to us and they think it's highly amusing. And he said, we really haven't had any complaints. Because he said, when a parrot tells you to F off, people think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need these birds for my job. It has brought a big smile to a really hard year, he said. Oh my gosh, that's great. Customers were reportedly amused by the bizarre birds, but the park managers decided that the potty mouth parrots needed to be restrained. Retrained, sorry. Retrained. Restrained. Lest they offend impressionable children, which is, you know, it's a I good can't thought. Under, I can understand thought. that because children repeat everything that they get a reaction from. They have been since they have since been sent to an offshore enclosure surrounded by other wild parrots, which zoo handlers hope might influence these boisterous birds to enjoy more appropriate chatter. Yeah, either that or the wild parrots are all just going to learn to swear and laugh. Pickle says, I'm hoping that they learn different words within these colonies, but if they teach the others bad language and I end up with 250 swearing birds, I'm not really sure what we'll do. (laughs) Eventually, the cheeky flock will be reintroduced in different regions of the park. That way, if any of them continue their profane ways, it won't be as bad as three or four of them blasting it out all at the same time. <laughs> um, this is not the only publicity that the parrots of this park have received. Okay. Just last month, um, which would be like September, a nine-year-old yellow-crowned Amazon named Chico made headlines after his renditions of Beyonce's Beyonce's If I Were a Boy with near-perfect vibrato vibrato was caught on camera by a zoo-goer. The footage was shared on Facebook and pulled in more than 100,000 viewers in a week. And the park also claimed that this particular songbird is indeed of a fan of pop music because Chico has also memorized verses of Lady Gaga's sing- single Poker Face, Narls Barkley's hit debut Crazy, and Katy Perry's banger Fireworks. 
<laughs> Very cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I thought so. Kind of those things that, you know, mm. they just make you giggle. They make you smile and they go, okay, so maybe 2020 isn't as bad as we thought it was. Katie's Bird Merlin had whistled the Andy, the Andy Griffin theme. That's funny. It was pretty cool. That he is was funny. He was a very cool bird. That All right, Mary, you yes. ready for another story? I absolutely am. The monkey that killed a quarter of a million people. October 1920. Greece. Yep. Okay. She looks confused. Well, I am. What is, we've been all over the world with these stories <laughs> right? All over the world and all over history. Yeah, we have. King Alexander was out walking in his garden okay. with his dog. Okay. When the dog. Was the dog named Pickles? No. Okay. thought maybe we were combining stories now. <laughs> no. When the dog got into a, a fight with a pet monkey. The king, bravely and perhaps foolishly, tried to intervene. What's your puppy dog? You got to save your puppy, your baby. When another monkey joined the skirmish. <gasps> oh, no. And bit the king. Bad Fido. No, no, no. Monkey. I know. I named the monkey Fido. <laughs> <laughs> so the king's wounds soon became infected. And shortly thereafter, the king died. Sad doggy. He was only 27. His father, Constantine had previously abdicated the throne in 1917 and was soon reinstated as king. So now we have King Constantine. Okay. Okay, and King Constantine lost his son. He had abdicated the throne because of his own political beliefs, okay? You will not find that in the United States anymore. Especially not this year. No. He So King Constantine, he soon led the nation of Greece into the Greco-Turkish War, which Greece went on to lose. Okay. The chain of events that followed young King Alexander's untimely death led Winston Churchill to later comment. It is perhaps no exaggeration to remark that a quarter of a million persons died because of this monkey's bite. So, okay, because the war would never have happened if the, the, the young king hadn't passed away. Correct. The king, Constant, king Constantine, yeah, yeah. had abdicated his throne yeah. because of his political beliefs yeah. about the war and what he believed his country right. should do. It's so he abdicated and his son took over. It's amazing. Okay, because when you put it in that perspective, it is totally amazing that one tiny, small, probably 30-second yeah. happening yep. has such a horrific impact on the rest of yeah. the world. Yeah. So had he, his father not taken the throne back, probably because there was no one else to take it. Yeah, that would be my assumption. Greece would not have been a part of that war, and those people would probably not, would, would not, not have... Yep. They would not be alive today, I just want you to know. What? They probably would not have survived today. I mean, it was only 100 years ago. Just saying. Just you are saying. a party pooper. I'm harsh. I know. I'm harsh. So, yeah. So, it, it is a little crazy to think that, like you said, one split second. Yeah. Less than a minute, probably, encounter. And by today's standards, he probably would have lived. It would have been absolutely treatable. They'd have given him antibiotics. Had, like anti-monkey venom or something. <laughs> anti-monkey venom. <laughs> He'd have just come to see me at work and I'd have said, take this. You'll be fine. You know I make up my own shit. <laughs> I don't. All I do time. not make my own shit up at work. That would be very irresponsible and dangerous. But no, in all seriousness, um, it would have been absolutely treatable today. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you don't think about it until somebody puts it in that perspective. Yeah. What if he had walked his dog 30 minutes later or 30 minutes earlier? What if they just hadn't had pet monkeys? Yeah, who gave him the damn monkeys to start with? Yeah. What if he didn't have a dog? What if he had a cat? What you know, if it had been raining that day? Cats don't like to walk. What if it had a giraffe? What if it had been snowing? Does it snow in Greece? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It is. It was an interesting story with, like you said, kind of an eye-opening. Yeah, because you don't think about stuff like that until somebody puts it in that perspective. Yeah. And yeah. you go, wait a minute. Y yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. I like it. I figured they were you all would. good, though. They were all good. Do you have any more? That is it. That worked out really super well for us, didn't it? It did, and I like all all of our stories were a about different animals and be all entirely different. From I know each they other. were, and we like Johanna had no idea what I was going to talk about, and Mary had no idea what I was going to talk about. Nope. The only thing we knew was that we were telling animal stories we're today. Telling little little short animal stories today. Yeah. Something fun, enjoyable, bring a smile to your face, hopefully. I hope fun. I made somebody laugh out loud. Yep. Provoke a little thought. So 
I don't know if you're aware of this. We are now in eight different countries. Eight different countries or eight, eight different states? different countries. Amazing. I know. That is phenomenal. I'm so excited. These people are amazing. Yes. These people are just, they just blow my mind. I mean, our listeners just are incredible. They are incredible. We're that all is pretty over the amazing. world. And I don't know if these people listen to us and go, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Americans really are stupid. <laughs> or they listen to our stories and go, don't try that at home. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I do. They hope are. We have the we have the best listeners. We really do. That is amazing. And I do hope that that they take something away from each of the podcasts that they listen to from us, that they they take a laugh, they yeah. take some knowledge a smile, a, smile. a thought. It, it makes your day a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, yeah, anything. You know, whether but you're getting it from our from the drinks we share or the national day we share or the stories we tell. Yeah, life is rough right now. Everybody is dealing with the COVID. A lot of lives have been lost, not just here in the United States, but all Around over the, the world. world. All over the world. And my heart breaks for, for all the families. And I know that so many people say that, but I really do hurt for families that are suffering through this. I really do. And if we can maybe bring joy to somebody, God bless you. I mean, take it. Yeah, absolutely. I know that every single day when I am at work, I I deal with people who are being impacted by COVID. Yeah. Um, and And I hear the stories. It scares me. It scares me, but at the same time, I like knowing that each of us has the ability to make the situation a little easier and a little bit better for those around us. I like that. I like the way you put that. Whether it's because you choose to stay home or you choose to wear a mask in public or whether it's you offer to run to the grocery store for your neighbor who you know is, you know, Battling elderly or battling health issues or you pray or whatever it is that you choose to do know that you can make the situation a little better for those around you it's a good point we all can we all can do something to make it a little easier for someone else we all can do something to make it easier for our families or ourselves um yeah life is actually a temporary situation and none of us are going to get out alive so enjoy it I know I was dad told me not to tell you (laughs) but but you know eventually I had to come out (laughs) enjoy while you're here guys enjoy it absolutely it's too short be happy be kind laugh be good to yourselves be good to others yeah absolutely so I personally appreciate everybody that spends their time with us I appreciate the thoughts and the ideas the suggestions we get some crazy ideas from you guys um and know that know that I look at each of your suggestions and I try to do stories on each of your suggestions. And just because I haven't done them yet doesn't mean I won't. It means some of them require a little bit more work than others. Well, you only you can only really do so many stories in a podcast. So if you get even three suggestions a week, you, you know, it's it's going to take some time to get there. I know. But some of the stories are easy and some of them are more complicated. Oh, gosh, yes. And one of the stories that was suggested by a listener, while the main idea behind the story is in freaking credible, the reason for the story, and not because of the listener, but the, the story person's personal journey, hit really close to home and has been a real struggle for me to put together. And I will do it. And I will do this story on air. I will. But, but it's just gonna know take that a it's going to take a little bit more time because it's it's personal it just hits me personally so if you haven't heard your story that you've suggested keep listening and if you have other thoughts ideas comments suggestions stories whether they're your stories or a story you want us to follow share them with us absolutely and then the other thing is you know if you have somebody's success story if you know someone that's going out of their way for somebody if you know someone that needs um if you need know someone that needs a hip hip hooray send us send us the message send us their tale send us their story tell us about them and we will read them online we will we will read them out loud we will say thank you to the people that are going out of their way to help others with no expectations of anything in return Um, we want to celebrate others success and generosity in this world we want to celebrate the goodness that is out in this world because there's so much badness that you hear about that you read about that is happening there's also 
a tremendous amount of goodness and there are so many good people out there and we want to recognize them and say thank you and hooray and hallelujah and and we just we want them to know we appreciate them and if you have a funny story of your own that you want to share with Hell us, but, yes. you, but you don't want us to read it online on the air, feel free. Send it to us. We'll read it. We'll laugh. And if you say, but don't share it, we won't. I mean, <laughs> it could be something as simple as the day that your sister shut her hair in the car door and didn't know until she tried to turn her head to look out the back window. Trust me, we will laugh until the tears run down our face. The day you handed your sister a piece of poo and she said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Or the day that your sister. Why are these sister stories? (laughs) Or the day that your sister. (laughs) Left her car running and then shut her skirt in her locked front door. And her house keys were attached to the keys that were running the car. I got out of that one. I'm lucky the neighbors were watching. Because she I'm got out of her skirt. skirt, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hell, yes, I did. Hell, and I was not late for the job interview. <laughs> Cheers to that, Mary. All right, we'll drink to that one. Cheers to that. It, Anything deserves drinking, too. That one definitely does. Listen, we, Mary and I, individually and together, have our share of, I can't believe I did that, but how hysterically funny it is to think about now, stories. And uh, if you can't laugh at yourself, tell us. We'll be happy to laugh at you for you. Absolutely. Johanna and I are very human, and we make no bones about it. And we love to share it. (laughs) We love to share it. We have lots of don't try this at home moments. Yeah, don't don't try to open a screw top wine bottle with a corkscrew. If it's a really, really big corkscrew, then you could probably just stick a straw through that hole and drink out of the straw. But no, the rest of it just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not really a successful yeah. way to open a bottle of wine. So and no, we were not drunk when we did that. Desperate, maybe, but That's not really, drunk. It's really scary when you can start a, a story going. Now, I wasn't drunk when this happened, but <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even drinking yet trying to so thanks for your time thanks for your ears i hope we brought something good to your life today you can always find us on facebook at tell me something i didn't need to know you can find us at gmail at tms i d n t k and we always read every message that you send us we are also on twitter at tms i d n t k that's the initials for the title if you enjoyed our your short stop with us please feel free to follow the podcast leave us a rating i don't know review Anchor does sponsor us, um, so you can obviously find us on Anchor and Spotify, um, pretty much anywhere that you obviously are listening to your favorite podcast. Obviously, you already know. Just follow us, subscribe, and that way it automatically downloads. Usually, this podcast is co-hosted by Andrew, but between getting married, buying a house, having a new family, having a new job, having a new job, the man is incredibly, and being a taxi driver to his mother... The man is incredibly busy, so Johanna very graciously, kindly, and extraordinarily well stepped into his shoes today and provided us with an amazing amount of entertainment, and we thank her very much for that. You are absolutely welcome. We love having you. All editing is done by Andrew and or Mary. The cover art was done by Mary. Our final thought, till next time. Till next week. Till the next time we hear you, see you. Mary. Yes, Hannah. I know some days it's easier than others, but don't roll your eyes out loud. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.